Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped, the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Oh, my God. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerized Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizedbury.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Centerized Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! You can't trade Alex Steen. And Regina, or Regina if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, Why not Bennington? Real men do drink pumpkin beer. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, guys. This is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 30 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the often imitated but never duplicated Bill, the never-impregnated, always-opinionated, sometimes-procrastinated, the very-oversaturated, maybe-contaminated, extremely-sophisticated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by Manscaped.com, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, and by RockinThatIDLife.com, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA and by Center Ice Brewery. That's at centericebrewery.com, St. Louis's first and only hockey-themed brewery. We're broadcasting live on Tuesday, April 6, 2021. This is franchise episode number 296 all time. I am your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by your favorite CBC goalie alum, Bill Day, uh, Kurt Price has been traded to another podcast. More on that soon. For your listening pleasure, we'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey for the next little while. To interact with the show on social media, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do a search for us. If you can listen to a podcast, you can certainly search the internet. Have you checked out our Discord server? Blues fans, uh, you can talk with other Blues fans with either text or voice chat. And uh, three of us, including Kirk Price, uh, will periodically be in there during Blues games or after games. For more info, go over to letsgoblues.com slash discord. And I'll add that I think uh, I will probably be in there tonight after tonight's show if anybody would like to stop in and, and you know, maybe just have a, a little conversation about the show, about how bad the Blues are, about how bad the trade was to get rid of Kirk Price. Whatever we want to talk about. 
Uh, we're dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show. Smash the bell so you'll get notifications when we go live. That is a mouthful that Kirk Price has to say at the beginning of every show. Good God. Bill, please talk for the next 20 minutes. It certainly shows now that you know he's been uh, moved at the deadline um, how much he loves the sound of his own voice stacks himself for the first five minutes and you know doesn't let us get any kind of tempo so i think this trade's gonna work out just fine yeah i can't wait for uh puck guy 14 from teal town usa to hop on over to the blues side and uh mm-hmm. see what he can do with us because yeah i mean uh, the ego of kurt price is what really uh i think kept you and i from shining all these years uh, you know, he, he definitely, uh, was a power trippy at times and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess we should go ahead and divulge all of the details, uh, of the trade. It was a, it was a three-way trade. So oh boy, we have acquired, uh, puck guy 14, uh, <clears throat> from TL town as, as you said, um, and, uh, going, going to Teal Town, uh, is, uh, Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan. Oh, uh, so two, two, you, you can't, you can't move a founder of one podcast without moving the father, founder of another podcast in a trade. Wow. So, so, so we mm. got, we, we lost two pieces in St. Louis just for Puck Guy 14. That's how big of a deal that guy is. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's impressive. And man, I think he, I think Hawaii Blues fan is gonna have to change his name, right? He's gonna have to be Hawaii Sharks fan, or maybe Hawaii mm. Barracuda fan. Yeah, I, yeah, Barracuda fans, what I would go with. There you go. That's the way to go. Um, so of course we're we're just joking around here. We should mention Kurt. Hopefully, mm. might be joining us later. Um, we uh, he's being a great father. Let's put it like that. He uh, he is uh, uh, helping coach his uh, 11-year-old daughter's softball team. So uh, uh, Tuesdays are going to be pretty difficult for him. But um, as Bill and I were talking about before the show, I don't think it's anything we need to worry about too much because uh, I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of shows left this season. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Pulling up the remaining schedule as we speak. Uh, uh, It's not worth looking, Bill. Don't even look. No, no, no. I I was gonna say you brought up the uh, Discord uh, server, and uh, Kurt and I uh, were in there last night. Um, and I mean, it it's probably good since we're in the early stages, and you know, we're trying to launch that whole idea. But it was like a fucking wake in there after that game last night. It, yeah, it was I thought about pretty. joining, but I'm like, I'm not I I'm not going to contribute anything other than just negativity and just bitch, bitch, bitch. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed and be angry in the morning. Yeah, but we'll see. Like I said, I'm going to change that tune tonight. I think I'll be in there tonight for anybody interested. Bill, what about you? You think any any early thoughts on possibly discord? And we'll we'll have to see how late uh, how late we go here. Um, you know, I, I uh, <clears throat> I've had a, a busy uh, rest of the day, and uh, yeah, have some uh, still some some issues. Um, mentioned before the show to Jeff that we're having our uh, our fence replaced. So 
uh, three dogs who are used to having the run of the yard whenever they want. Uh, it's, it's a bit tough to manage. So um, I will at least have to take a break to, to make sure that all three of them get a turn and uh, hopefully don't, you know, have any, any runners at the, you know, when I open oh, the door. So. God, I just, I, I was telling you before the show about how when I lived in an apartment for, it was only the last three months of my apartment, my last apartment I had that I had a dog, my current dog. And, um, I just realized you have three dogs. That was brutal mm-hmm. having to take one dog out all the time. Every time he needed to go out, because he was a puppy too, so he wanted to go out all the time. God, you've got yeah. three dogs. That sounds awful. No, thank you. Yes, yes, and they, yeah, the one, um, the the medical problem child. We've got to a really good place, but uh, part of that means that he needs to go out more frequently. So. It's uh, I'm I may be late coming back from one of the sponsor breaks. We'll, we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> right, uh, that's all right. I can vamp. Um, so uh, uh, Bill, I mean, we we've, we've talked a little bit about your fencing. Uh, how about some some beer drinking talk here? Uh, official beers sure. episode number two ninety six. That's right. This is what we're all here for. Uh, you can follow each of us on the Untapped app. Uh, Kurt is at C Price Twelve. I am at uh, J Ponder ninety four. Bill is at Billy Blue Note thirty three. And uh, Bill, go ahead, lead us off. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking the same thing you're drinking. I'm drinking the Beauty by sponsor Center Ice Brewery because you know it's it is a damn warm day especially, you know, in this office that I have now occupied for 13 hours. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is, it's very warm. Uh, so nice, crisp orange zest IPA. It's the spot. I'm, I'm loving it. Um, you know, uh, we, uh, you tweeted out, um, that, uh, we were the three of us, the three hosts and Amy, uh, were at, uh, center ice on uh, Saturday night to, uh, Watch the Blues get their hearts broken uh, in the last minute. And uh, while, th- while there, one of the bright spots was picking up some beauty. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, was going to talk about it later, but let's go ahead and talk about it now. We're talking about beer. Um, that, was, uh, that was a great time, man. And, and I, as I said on Twitter, um, just I cannot wait to get back to a point where it's the norm to, like, go catch a Blues game on a Saturday night at center ice. I mean, I... I feel like, I mean, I, I think I did it a fair amount of times, before, you know, pre-pandemic, but now it's like, mm-hmm. man, once everyone's vaccinated and, and you know, restrictions are, are gone, I feel like I'm going to want to do it every game. I, we had a, we, I, I don't know about you, but I had a great time. Uh, our bartender yeah. was, was phenomenal. Um, all the different beer mm-hmm. that they had sampled for us was, was fantastic. Just a great time. Yeah, Cheyenne was great and uh, joined in on the, the prank about Kurt and not being able to oh. bring outside food in after 9.30. It was, that was wonderful. Right. We, yeah, Kurt we gotta... waited, Kurt waited an hour and a half for Jimmy John's and yep. it finally showed up and we convinced her to tell him that he could have it. And yeah, we were like, because it, it was like 9.35 and we were like, hey, when he comes back in, tell him that uh you know no food at the bar allowed after 9 30 and it was so funny because she pulled it off and she was 
dead face, deadpan. Yeah, she had a mask on. I'm sure that helped, but still. And Kurt was just so funny because it was he was so mad, and it was clear he was not mad at center ice. He like understood, but he was like, "I guess I'll just go outside and eat." <laughs> that, that was classic. Oh, that was great. Uh, and and you deserve all the credit for uh, for asking her to do it. Well, well, you get half the credit. You asked her, she pulled it off. So, Well, and then I go. tried to pull another prank on him, and that one didn't go so well. I tried to steal part of his sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I He had like one bite left. He was turned around talking to somebody, and I just yanked it with a napkin, just kind of kept it in my hand. And I thought, oh, you know, he's going to turn around, he's going to notice, then he's going to turn around again, and I'll put it back. And then he's going to be like, where the hell did this come from? But he didn't turn around again for a good 10 minutes. So I'm literally holding this sandwich in my hand with a napkin for 10 minutes. And I'm like, this prank's not going so well. <laughs> and then I put it back yeah. and he's just like, what, what the hell is this? I'm not eating this. <laughs> yeah, that that one did not land. That so. one didn't land. Um, I was I was I was a uh, one for two. I was like the uh, the avalanche yeah. power play. I had a good 50 percent on the blues. <laughs> So, uh, as you mentioned, my beer as well, for my first beer, I'm drinking The Beauty, uh, the best IPA in St. Louis for my money. Uh, But I'll go ahead and mention, since you already mentioned that one, the Old Arena Lager is my second beer. So this is the uh, second one I'll be having probably here pretty soon. I've already drank about half of my beauty. Uh, But but, uh, speaking of, I mean, the beauty beer, for sure. Um, But speaking of a beauty... Uh, Let's talk about one of our great sponsors. Is there anything better than the fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day? How about freshly groomed balls? Our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leaders in blow-the-waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your bush for good. Talk about the ultimate utility man. Manscaped is like the Nolan Arenado of ball trimmers. It's time to keep your testes fresh and clean with the Perfect Package 3.0, which includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Skin Safe Electric Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner for your balls made from soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts, Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and will bring your boxer game to the next level. It's a whole new balls game, folks, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code LGB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code LGB. Baseball's back. Don't let your pubes get out of whack. Uh, Yeah, Manscaped, uh, one of our longest serving sponsors now. We've had them since, I mean, this whole year at least. I think they started what? They started in October uh, with us, which is fantastic. Um, But yeah, we've uh, obviously, we've sung their praises a lot. Um, I just want to tell one quick story about uh, uh, before I went to Disney World and, and Universal recently. Um, I had uh, it was it was winter. I was not really taking care of my manscaping, and uh, I actually got out the razor and the um, and the, uh, the the shaving cream, and I started to put it on because I was going to shave a you know a little bit in the stomach area, a little bit. You know, I guess the bikini zone is what a lot of people would call it. And uh, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, wait a minute, what am I doing? I, I've never actually used the the lawnmower 3.0. I've never actually used that all the way through to do all of my manscaping. And 
dude, it was a breeze. It was quick. Uh, it was painless. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten out the straight razor and I've had some some burn after because even doesn't matter how much lotion I put on it. Uh, sorry, I know this is too, some TMI for some people, but uh, just just phenomenal stuff. I looked as great as I could look when I, you know, put on the swimming trunks because uh, it was it's very easy with that light to notice if you're not going to miss anything. Um, just Manscaped lawnmower 3.0, unbelievable uh, product and, and something that I'm going to use until the day it just stops working, which from what I hear is a very long time away. Yeah. I wasn't sure exactly where you're going with that. At first I thought you were going to talk about, you know, doing a little of your own paging Dr. Sutton. Like that's, that's not a good message with our sponsor, but no, no, maybe I'll do that next show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please don't. And if you do, don't tell us. Okay. You got it. I'll, uh, I'll leave that for discord. How about that? Yeah, um, that's it's. <laughs> let's go blues radio after dark. That's right. Because we're stealing. We we said we're stealing that from TL Town. Yeah, I mean that is the best name. We probably should just steal it. That's the best thing to do. Uh so today in blues history, April sixth, two thousand twenty-one. Um, I've got the wrong date here on uh, on our outline. Uh, the twenty-one is the year. April sixth, nineteen seventy-five. Uh, Bill, this is one that stumped you and I. We both had not heard this one before. Lawrence Saturuk scored his twentieth goal of the season for the Blues in a three-two win versus the Kansas City Scouts. Blues clinched second place, and Saturuk became the first Blues defenseman to score twenty goals. Uh, are you familiar with Lawrence Saturuk's body of work? I uh, before today I I was not familiar with Lawrence Saturuk's name. I mean, yeah, that that is impressive. I mean, somebody who put up twenty goals in that era, you know, who wasn't you know wasn't Bobby Orr or Brad Park, you know, it it just you know I just never heard that name. So uh, not you know it was it was before my time my my time began in seventy six. So. Um, so I, I can claim plausible deniability here, but yeah, uh, surprised, surprised that, you know, with, with his, uh, you know, as much as I, I've taken in blues history over the years that I'm not familiar with that name. That's impressive. Yep. Agree. Uh, April 6th, 1988, Brett Hall scored two power play goals in his first St. Louis Blues playoff game. The Blues' 4-1 win versus Darren Pang and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, my question with this one, and, and we're not going to, don't worry, we won't have a long conversation with all these folks. There's a lot to get through here. But um, what is Darren Pang doing starting a playoff series? There had to be an injury, right? Um. So, 88? 88. Was that... That was was that that was the year that he came up, I think. Um, but I'm trying to think who else did they have because this is this is post Espo and post Bannerman. Um, who else did they have during this time frame? Um, you know, Bob Sove and um, Elaine Chevrier. Uh, he was in there somewhere during this time frame. Um, uh, Bob Mason played for the Hawks for a while, but I think that was earlier. I think that was during the Bannerman days. I don't know. So this, this was is, his you know, this second is, season. 
Well, yeah, that's so not really fair to say. He started a one game in 84-85 and then didn't play again until 87-88. Yeah. So yeah, he so. started uh four playoff games that year. He went one and three against the Blues. So he was their starting goalie. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Uh just to for clarity, the uh the other goalies on that team looks like Bob Mason was the only other goalie used mm-hmm. that season. So yeah, there you go. So there, there it is. April sixth, nineteen eighty nine, St. Louis Blues come back from a two nothing and three one deficit to beat the Minnesota North Stars in OT. Goal by Rick Mahar in Game Two of the playoffs to take a two zero series lead. Uh, April sixth, nineteen ninety one, one of many reasons to love Ron Caron. Uh, meet on the burner. Caron had an altercation with Detroit Red Wing Glenn Hanlon in the press box during Game Two after uh, Bob Probert punched Vincent Riendo and Kelly Chase, who was also in the press box as a uh, healthy scratch, he had to actually usher uh, Ron Curran away. So Kelly Chase having to play referee there for uh, uh, an altercation in the press box, something you'll probably never hear again in the NHL. Yeah, no, I I remember, I'm pretty sure I was at this game. I had several, uh, during that, se- uh, that series, uh, a friend of mine was, uh, able to get, uh, his aunt's works tickets, um, for, for multiple games. And I remember being there and, uh, just, I mean, Rianda went down like a sack of, a sack of hammers. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he, he folded like, yeah, that was, it was, yeah. I mean, Probert's a big, tough guy. So, it, it wasn't the, you know, wasn't maybe the worst sell job, but definitely looked more like a, you know, a European footballer than a, uh, than an NHL goalie. Uh, yeah, but, I, I yeah. Uh, there's a video, uh, STL Blues History did post the video with that tweet. So if you're interested in seeing that punch that uh, Bill's talking about, make sure you check out STL Blues History on Twitter. Uh, April 6th, 2008. Keith Kachuk scored his 500th career goal in the St. Louis Blues' 4-1 win versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think I was actually at this game. That's one of those that I I seem to remember sitting in the 300s watching that game. Uh, April 6, 2012, Jordan Binnington signs an amateur tryout contract with the Peoria Rivermen. So there was your kind of one of the first tastes Blues fans had of Jordan Binnington. And, uh, yes, this was, uh, let's see, 2012. That was when the Rivermen were the AHL affiliate, correct, of the Blues? Correct. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Chicago. April 6, 2018, Patrick Berglund, everyone's favorite Swedish stud. What was it? What did, uh, what did Pengus call him? Uh, the, the, the big, big Swede. Swede. The big Swede. That's what it was. Uh, actually, uh, hearkening back to the old days before Bill Day joined Let's Go Blues Radio, former co-host uh, Jeff Queeran, I believe, called him a Swedish stud muffin once. So that's mm. uh, that's something that's always stood out in my mind. Um, April 6, 2018, Patrick Berglund recorded his second career hat trick on an empty net goal in the Blues' 4-1 win versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Don't remember that game, but... Uh, I'm guessing that was in 2018. That was probably Berglund's last hat trick in the NHL. Probably a very good bet. Yeah. Uh, So we got a couple comments that I want to get to here in the YouTube chat. 
Uh, first of all, Jason Smith comments early on. Uh, he says, even Manscaped can't help your blues. Go abs, he says. But uh, I want to interject real quick. I think if the blues used Manscaped, they'd be more aerodynamic. So it probably actually would help them if if they used Manscaped. We'll have to pass on our LGB code to the Blues roster and see if that helps anything. Uh, he says, in all seriousness, at least St. Louis showed up and played us tough. Last night was an embarrassment. Uh, should be at least. Yes, that was an embarrassment, and we will get to that. Uh, Jason Miller, I get to my I get my second shot tomorrow. Two weeks later, I will need to hit center ice with you. Uh, awesome, Jason. That sounds great. Uh, we've been talking about having a kind of a Let's Go Blues radio night at Center Ice. Uh, we will have to do that uh, as soon as, um, you know, it's more kosher to do something like that. Uh, Brian Roberts, now they're talking about, uh, oh, the variants. He's talking about the COVID vaccine. We're not going to need to get into that. You can tune into this court. We'll, we'll get on a, on a, on a vaccine talk. I'm sure. Um, Jason Miller also asked, what would have to happen for army to punch another GM? Uh, I, I don't know, but that would be amazing. I've, I would love that. <laughs> would you not love to see like, you know, they show the, the GM reaction every now and then, you know, like you think of the Cam Neely uh, water bottle incident, but you know, you see Doug Armstrong stand up and then just rear back and punch someone. That would be, that would be good TV. Yeah. I, that arm army is not on the list of GMs that would fight. I, I think, I think uh, a, a good, uh, good possibility. Um, Cam Neely versus Ron Hexel. That'd be great. And, uh, or Mark Bergevin. That uh, I think th- those guys uh, would uh, would would be willing combatants. But uh, yeah, way way too much, uh, you know, has changed in the the culture of the league for for that kind of behavior to uh, to be allowed, uh, at least for it to be leaked out into the public. Um, so, uh, but that. Yeah, those are a couple matchups I'd love to see. Hey guys, it's Jeff. I'm constantly finding myself grinding away in the corners with weight loss or muscle gain. Whenever I asked the experts for help, it was never anything feasible for my lifestyle. I spoke with my friend Dustin over at rockinthatidlife.com, and he explained that there's something known as active fat, which is fat stored in our abdomen that influences hormonal functionality. Because it's in the abdomen, it's close to vital organs. Don't you want something that'll be your third man in? RockinThatIDLife.com offers Slim Plus, which helps remove stored fat and burn it as energy. Slim Plus also includes alpha-lipoic acids, which functions as the team bus, transporting nutrients where they need to be stored within your body. This will assist with energy and improve your overall mood. So whether you're looking to put on muscle or lose weight, Slim Plus has your back. Find out more at rockinthatidlife.com. That's rockinthatidlife.com. And tell them Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Uh, quick note, I actually ordered Slim Plus for the first time um, uh, was that last week, and I'm getting it tomorrow. So I will uh, be able to comment further on that next week. So stay tuned. Blues, talking some blues hockey now, folks. Uh, might be the earliest we've ever gotten to actually talking about blues hockey. See what what Kurt does when, when he's here. 
We just we are just rolling. Great. Don't worry, this is we're where we're gonna get stopped. In. Yeah, we're <laughs> half an hour in and we've already hit two sponsor spots. There you go. I mean, man, we are just rolling. Uh but like I said, this this I think is where it's gonna get a little de- derailed here, uh, Bill. Uh, yeah. First of all, yep, first news First news I want to talk about, and Cardinals fans obviously know this as well. Well, shit, anybody who has Fox Sports. Uh, Bally Sports Midwest is the new, uh, uh, what do you call it, I guess, channel where you can watch Blues hockey and St. Louis Cardinals baseball and, and anything else that Fox Sports had. Uh, they debuted, for the Blues fans at least, in the uh, Avalanche series this past weekend. Uh Bill, I'll let you take it. Any, uh, what are your your overall first thoughts, uh, impressions from Bally Sports Midwest? Um, I I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> I I mean, just knowing, I, I mean, I, I I've been against it from I've been against the company, and um, you know, it, it, it's Sinclair Broadcast Group that that owns, um you know, the, uh, the network and it's just a matter of how they're, they're branding it. And so they, they go up on the Fox sports brand. Um, that was part of the divestiture of Fox, um, that they acquired it. Um, and so they're partnering with Bally's for gambling. And so they're, they're, you know, what we're seeing right now is the, um, the, the co or the, the branding, um, getting the Bally's name out there. And then, um, Soon enough, it's going to be a, a lot more uh, push on gambling, I think. Uh, but so far, um, you know, the the quality of product is not good. Um, I, a lot, I've, I've seen a lot of complaints about the, the layout of the, uh, you know, they switched it from, uh, you know, a, a, an upper display to a lower display. And frequently, um, that sh- the shot counter, uh, just goes MIA and that's, that is very annoying. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't pay that close attention to, to those things most of the time, but it, there's obviously a difference and, you know, I, I, I'd rather not, I'd rather, you know, the, you know, the, the blues and, you know, the Cardinals to the extent that I even care about the Cardinals nowadays, which isn't a whole lot, um, you know, not, not be broadcast, uh, on, you know, uh, a casino's channel. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, so I'll start with my, uh, my negatives. Um, I agree with you on the shot counter. That was a conversation we had at center ice on Saturday was, um, we all had noticed a, a couple tweets of people saying, Hey, where'd the shot counter go? Why aren't the shots up? And we all were like, Oh no, I didn't notice it was gone. Um, so yeah, I guess, cause I noticed it last night too in the, in the Vegas game that uh, it's there and then it's just gone. It just disappears and then it'll pop back up. And it's, it's like, um, like a power play clock. How, you know, you you'll have your two, your two minute power play clock, power play ends, boom, it's gone. Well, this it's the shot clock, but it's just it's gone. It just disappears for weird amounts of time. Keep it up. I mean, that's something that Fox Sports Midwest added that made people across the the NHL landscape say, "Why aren't we doing this? Why isn't NBC Sports doing this? Why isn't 
uh, I think Sportsnet was didn't have it originally, um, and it it kind of changed the game for a lot of people. And why mess with a good thing? It's something that everybody loved. Um, but I will say, you mentioned the the display changing. It was a, a top view. Now it's a bottom. I prefer that actually. Um, and as I told you guys on on Saturday. Uh, I think I'm just kind of used to the EA Sports method. And I guess really at the end of the day, it was ESPN that kind of developed that bottom ticker. Um, and and yeah, with EA Sports, it's always been on the bottom for as long as I can remember. So uh, I like it. I actually prefer it on the bottom. For me, it's easier to just kind of glance down rather than glance up and not lose my position on, on where the puck is or, or whatever uh, part of the play I'm trying to watch. Um, so I liked that aspect of it a lot. Um, but I'll add, Bill, one of the issues I had that I was tweeting about it last night. The So right now, I guess they're still they're still using the Fox Sports Go app. I guess they're still working on developing their own app. And when the transition happened last week, it wasn't an issue. I um, All of a sudden, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever the Cardinals' first game was last week, um, I was able to just go right on Fox Sports Go. There was the Cardinal game. Boom, done. Um, same thing with the Blues games on Friday and Saturday. Then all of a sudden, last night, Fox Sports Go, it 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 logged me out, which was fine. It's easy to log back in. And it had, so when I was logged out, it had the Cardinals game listed and the Blues game listed. I log back in, nothing shows up. It's just basically a blank screen. And I'm like, what the hell? So I log back out, there they are again. Log back in, boom, they're gone. And um, and talking with people on Twitter the last two days, uh, I'm not the only one to experience that. Apparently, it's people who use AT&T U-verse logins. Um, issue was still happening this afternoon. Uh, so I don't know what the deal is there, but uh, whatever you're doing, stop it. Uh, this is a, an important time for hockey fans. I'm sure it's not just affecting the St. Louis area. Uh, that was an issue, um, a major issue, to be honest for me. So I had some issues tuning into the game last night. I, I was able to use a workaround, let's say. But, um, yeah, overall, I mean, your introduction, fine, whatever. It's very similar to Fox Sports. But, yeah, I'm with you. Sinclair is the devil. So uh, I will be happy if uh, if the NHL ever goes off of uh, anything to do with Sinclair, but I don't see that time coming anytime soon. Well, I, I think the, the best bet for that or the best hope for that, it, it could be a bet um, since they like to align themselves with a gambling organization, but uh, it, it could be a, a, a wager on their stock performance, uh, which um, they took it on the chin uh, last uh, in the, uh, the first quarter. Um, and a lot of it had to do with, uh, not getting to subscribers on, uh, YouTube and Hulu. So that's, uh, <clears throat> they come back, uh, to, uh, to the core streaming services. Um, you know, that, that will, um, go a long way in healing things for me, but until then, you know, that they're, they're the dicks in the money grab. So. 
Uh, a couple comments to get here, here get to here. Uh, our friend Adam Gold, uh, winning unlimited on the uh, YouTube chat, who's somebody we should have on the show again sometime soon. He kind of brings that up here. Uh, we need to have an advanced analytics show. What do you think about a meter to predict the probability of a goal given where the puck is? Uh, players on the ice, goalie position, etc. Uh, you know, Adam, I'm sure there is a fact, a very large fraction of our audience who would love to have a show like that. Uh, I will add that I will be glad to be a part of that show, but I will be there for comedic relief because I think I'm just going to leave all that to you, buddy. Because that's that is uh, that stuff that woo goes right over my head. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I think it's a great idea and I think it would be amazing from, you know, that that scenario that that uh that he presented with the the goal probability um from a goalie's perspective when the goal probabilities, you know, in the upper 90s and it doesn't happen that that would I think that would enhance my my viewing pleasure. Uh, he also adds he hates late night cravings. They suck. Uh, he says I want, he wants to go into a carb coma while listening to Hotel Night Jeff uh, talk blues hockey. I'm thinking he's talking about two weeks ago when I uh, tuned in from my hotel in Orlando. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. Uh, but hey, if you're worried about late night cravings, Adam, Tune in next week, and I'll give you an update on Slim Plus from our friends at RockinThatIDLife.com because uh, apparently that's supposed to help crush your late-night cravings. So uh, that is my issue as well, 100%. Uh, get home from hockey, you know, work off all the all the, the bad food I've eaten for the last couple days, and then I just start stuffing my face with potato chips because I just want to eat anything around me after I play hockey. So Yes, that would be nice to to lose that aspect of uh, of my life. I I think uh, anyone who has stepped on the rink can relate. Uh, Jason Smith adds, uh, at least you can watch the games. We have contenders in NHL and NBA. Yet I know a guy who watches the Nugs from Ice Cave in Serbia. No joke. But half of Denver can't see them. I live 15 minutes from Ball Arena in Kant. Yeah, I've been uh, our friend uh, Nighthawk, F one one seven Nighthawk, who's uh, often in the chat here. She's been voicing her concern about that, and um, yeah, that's a that sounds like a real bad situation in Denver. Um, I just, when are these, when are these media companies going to figure this shit out? That is just well, so frustrating. Well, yeah. Right. When is the NHL going to figure it out that it's 2021 and blackout restrictions probably are doing more damage than they are good in, in you know, whatever, you know, uh, idea that they're protecting somebody, you know, some corporations, uh, you know, property rights. It's just grow the fucking game. Get it on as many screens as possible and don't worry about who's logging in from where. It's yeah. just ridiculous. This isn't this is you know this isn't the Bill Wirtz era where you're not going to watch but two fucking Blackhawks games in a season if you live at the local market. This this is an entirely different era and I wish that you know Gary and company would hurry up and and get on board cuz it's just it, it's dumb. 
Uh, Cameron Smith adds uh, over in the Facebook chat. He says, uh, figure it out. Uh, that's what I always say. Someone needs to get the NHL a freaking puppers. And yes, Cameron, I agree 100%. Um, also from Cameron says, good to see y'all looking good. Tonight's beer. The episode is Linen Kugel's original for me. So Cameron, I'm glad you're, uh, glad you're drinking with us. Cheers. Cheers. The original liney is it's you know, that every once in a while, I will still pick up a six of that and completely enjoy it. I know I'm supposed to take the ball here and run with this episode, but uh, I'm going to pour myself another beer. So, uh, Ooh. Everybody enjoy enjoy a drink while I uh, while I sit here and pour my beer. Okay, so on with the show. Uh, the Colorado series over the weekend, uh, Blues ended up losing both games, and uh, yikes! But uh, Friday, uh, I want to touch on this game just a little bit. Colorado wins that one three to two. Ivan Barbashev made his uh, return to the lineup. He was a minus one with one block shot and ten ten of uh, his of, of uh, ice time. Uh, Mike Hoffman uh, did score a big goal on that one after being a healthy scratch in the previous game. Um, and then uh, I wanted to bill the biggest thing I want to talk about with this game was McKinnon's two goals. Um, mm. Instantly when, when they went in and I go to you for all my goal, goaltending advice, you know, I, even as a guy who's mm. watched hockey pretty much my entire life, Every time I, I say it's a bad goal on a goalie, I want to get a goalie's opinion just to make sure that I'm not just being a harsh Blues fan. Uh, I thought both of the McKinnon goals, the the power play one where he slid in from the uh, uh, the red goal line and, and kind of spun around and just took a shot, and then the uh, the second one where he um, oh what have oh it was when he broke in from the wing, and uh, it, again I thought. Defense let him have way too much room, which is a, a kind of a, a a theme we'll see with McKinnon these two games. But I don't like the way Bennington backed in, backed in, backed in, and just did not challenge. That was my biggest issue with those goals. Mm. Am I being too harsh in saying Bennington should have had those? At least put up a better fight with those two goals. Yeah, no, I I immediately thought on on uh, both the goals that Bennington gave up and then the goal that Huso gave up to McKinnon in the next game uh, were completely misplayed. Um, you know, the, the first goal McKinnon scored, um, I, I think it was a case of Bennington being too much of a slave to technique and trying to get into the reverse VH uh, to hug that post. And he just made himself small and McKinnon made that quick turnaround and uh, Bennington exposed, you know, the whole, upper glove side and player like McKinnon in the form that he's in is not going to miss that. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, if there's, if there's one knock I have on goalies today, it's that they, they can be too slavish to, uh, to technique and, um, not rely enough on, um, on instinct and, uh, reflex. Um, but you know, I'm, you know, I should qualify this by saying I haven't actually set foot on the ice in, uh, I don't know, 10 years uh, with the pads on. So, you know, I don't, I, I can't profess to know uh, all the ins and outs of the, the philosophy behind the technique. But for me, the bottom line was your goal as a goalie is to keep the puck out no matter what. And, um, yeah, technique can, 
you know, when you, when you are in great form and following great technique, that's going to limit the other team's chances, but sometimes you have to rely on reflex. And uh, I, I thought in, in uh, you know, at least in that first goal, Bennington did anything but that. Um, and then, you know, the second goal was just, you know, again, I, I think McKinnon backed everybody off and Bennington wasn't set and, you know, just it looked awkward. Like he got his, his legs crossed up, what should go where. And uh, there's just enough for McKinnon to put it underneath him. Yeah. And this, uh, this game, um, I'll just add one more thing here. Um, actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let me make one more comment about goaltending with this game. Um I I remember back when Bennington first came up and we were all raving about how great he's played and how, you know, uh, he's just such a breath of fresh air for what we saw from Jake Allen early in that season. Um, I, and I think the biggest thing that made us excited about him was his ability to come out and challenge. Um too many times, and and it's not even just Jake Allen. I, again, not wanting to harp, harp on the guy, Brian Elliott when he was a starting goalie here, same thing. Um, they backed into their crease. Their feet will be on the goal line many times, and yeah, every now and then that'll work for you. But when a when a, a good offensive player sees that, they know they can have all the room in the world to skate in and wait until they have a, a moment to shoot and find a good spot to put the puck. Um, Bennington's not doing that now. I thought when he first came into the league, that was what made him great. That is what made, cause he had, and, and, and I guess, uh, Baruby kind of, kind of talked about that a little bit in, uh, uh recently in a post game that, that it's kind of that swagger, I guess, that he carries with himself. And, and that's what it was. He came in and he was so confident. And I bring this up as I wear my, uh, I'm trying to show it. Do I look nervous shirt from 2019? And and that's what it is. I I see him as a confident goalie who's going to come out and challenge anyone. He doesn't care who it is. And I think last year in the playoffs against Bo Horvat and now against Nathan McKinnon and a couple other guys come to mind, uh uh the the guy in Arizona, uh drawing a blank on Connor his name. Garland. Connor Garland. Uh, these guys have gotten in their head, in his head, and he is just—he's backing off, and he's saying, "Okay, I just need to cover as much net as possible, and just get in here, keep my skates back." And but if it's like, what made you great was stepping up and making them make the first move, and he's just not doing that right now, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, we got—I got into it a little bit in the the chat during last week's show um, uh, about you know, my, my thoughts on Bennington and where he's at right now in his career, you know, when he came up, his game was all about swagger. You know, it was, it was that cockiness and that confidence that, that put him over the top and, you know, allowed him to be the difference for the team. Um, And, you know, that, that it, it, to me, it it felt like, you know, he had uh, a chip on his shoulder to, you know, proving that he belonged in the NHL. And now that he, you know, he's had a couple of years under his belt, maybe he needs a different motivation because the chip on the shoulder thing, if that's what you're trying to rely on, you know, you're, you're trying to, to, to have that, uh, you know, something, um, something emotionally pump you up to get you on top of your game. 
as a professional in anything, you know, the, the highs are in, unless you're Connor McDavid, uh, or Alex Ovechkin, the highs are not going to be where you live. It's being able to do game in game out and, and, you know, have a steady approach. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know that he's gotten to that point uh, in his progression yet. And, you know, I, I, at least that's, that's, you know, my, my feeling on, on where he is and he needs to get over that hump and focus on, you know, just being a professional day in and day out and not, not having to have, you know, having the, the swagger, the confidence in yourself, but not having to have something happen to stoke that. And, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, probably could, uh, you know, if I'm right and I, I'm just a guy talking on a podcast. Um, but if I'm right, I would think that, you know, he, he's, he's a guy that could probably benefit from, you know, some, some, uh, in season, you know, uh, hands-on goaltending coaching uh, or a sports psychologist. It just, he, he just hasn't got to that point uh, again. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about it at length with you guys, uh, you know, on, you know, at center ice and, and in our Slack chats that goaltending on this team, you're, we haven't posted a shutout yet this year. And, there, I don't think there's been a game when a goalie has come in after replacing the other guy and pitched a shutout. Everybody yeah. gives up goals, and and that every once in a while you need a goalie to steal a game for you. And right now the Blues have nobody that can do that. And, yep. and we know Biddington has has that you know the capability. He just needs to to get back to that point. Yep. Uh, Jason Miller in the chat adds the all around team defense is just too bad right now for our goalies to come out and challenge. They aren't trusting their teammates right now, right or wrong. I'll add Jason is also a goaltender. Um, one of, one of the goalies from one of my teams. Um, so he does know a little bit, even though he's not very good. Um, (laughs) I say that, but his, his his Twitter Twitter name is crappy goalie. I mean, come on. (laughs) Right. Um, which is great. Although if, if if I were you know if I were to rebrand myself as goalie, it would be crappier goalie at, yeah. at this point. So, <laughs> but no, I uh, and and I think you've got a great point there, Jason. The team defense has just not been what it has been in the past. It's something we're gonna probably get into here in a little bit. But um, I'll say that that you do kind of want your goalie to step in and steal a game. Uh, and, and like Bill just said, not getting shutouts, not having one goal against even in a 35, 36 shot game. Uh, you're just not, they're not going to steal a game right now. Um, it's a team problem. It's not a goalie problem. We're not trying to point fingers at the guy in the crease. It's just, there's a team issue right now with not being able to step up and steal a game, whether it's from a forward, a couple great defensemen, or a great goaltender in one game. It's just not happening right now, and that's the point we're making. Um, I want to add uh, Colorado, after this game, they were 8-for-17 against the Blues this season on the power play. That gives them a 
uh, on the power play against the Blues. That right there, that speaks to Jason Miller's comment about the uh, about the the, uh, the the team defense not being good. I get it. Colorado is a hell of a hockey team. They've got a nice point streak going right now, but Jesus Christ, you have got to be able one stop taking fucking penalties, and two, yeah, you have got to have some confidence on your penalty kill. And it's right now if they take a penalty against the Avalanche, the team thought is it's going in the back of the net, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, McKinnon. McKinnon's always had the propensity. Hold on. Bless you. I was able to mute that. So that was good. You have to hear that crazy sound. Um, that, <laughs> that's that's a year of being on Skype calls. There you <laughs> go. Exactly what that is. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean the the team defense. Like it, it's it it's. <clears throat> It's every, it, it is the team, right? It, it's not the defense. It's not the goaltending. It's not the forwards. It's all of it. There are too many breakdowns all over the place. And, you know, we haven't had, we haven't had a single game where things have been held together um, this year. And Brian Roberts brings up a good point that it seems like they're playing like uh, they did in front of Jake Allen, you know, yeah. playing not to give up goals. And that's what you wind up doing. Uh, but, you know, going back to the point about the avalanche and their power play, Jesus, I mean, McKinnon has always torn the blues up. I mean, it, throughout his career, even when he was a rookie, you know, he, he just, he dominates us in that left lower slot and, you know, or, you know, even coming off the rush I and mean, he's, he's varied it up at this point in his career. Um, but at some point you got to figure out a better game plan um, and, and get them off of their, you know, 47%. That, that is ungodly. Mm. Just, yeah, that's painful. I mean, that I would, I, you know, I need to do the research, but I would venture to guess a team who everybody says, not everybody shouldn't say that arguably. I actually disagree with this. One of the best teams ever formed was that, was that Oh two red wings team. I remember they had a ridiculous power play. I bet they didn't have a 47% against anybody in the NHL. That's insane. That's literally almost every time. I mean, you're talking almost 50% of the time. You know, you take a penalty, that's going to be a goal. You know, and if you take two penalties in a game, you're definitely giving up one goal. I mean, that's, ugh, you can't have that. You've got to be stronger on the PK, no matter the penalty. Whether the team is clean and just takes one or two bad penalties here or there, or you're taking four or five in a game, you have to be better on the penalty kill. But... That said, the penalty on David Perron. Oh, that was awful. Just probably the worst call um, that that I've seen against the Blues this year. Um, I mean, yeah, there there was uh, <clears throat> you know there there have been some really bad calls in the league, but that that one was by far the worst. He's playing the puck, right? He's he's not trying to trip somebody. They fall down, but. You know that that just that winds up deciding the fucking game, and this it, it's it, awful. It was it this game or was it? I think it was this game, um, where the Blues had a five on three, and then they blew the whistle because they were going to call a penalty on the Avalanche. I think it was a trip, and then they they all like all the refs and linesmen reconvene, and they were like, no, 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 that wasn't a penalty. 
And I'm like, yeah. okay, if you're going to do that, why did was there nobody stepping up on the Perron call? Like, you're telling me that that all four officials on the ice were like, oh yeah, that was a penalty. No, it fucking wasn't. And and they yeah. again they they took a penalty off the board for the Avalanche. And I'm not saying there's any. I'm not trying to go on a conspiracy route here, but I'm just saying if you're gonna do that for the for the Blues or for the Avalanche, you got to do it when there's a questionable call for the Blues too. I mean that's that's bullshit. That's that is bad right. officiating. It, it yeah. There, wasn't there a game last year though that somebody was actually in the box and served part of a penalty and the period ended and they're like, you know what, that wasn't a penalty and they canceled the rest of it. That was this year. That was uh, the Blue Jackets. Was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they 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 took a penalty. <clears throat> no, it was it was an offside challenge. That's what it was. It was an offside challenge. They said it was. On a, it was on a goal, obviously. They said that it didn't – it was a bad challenge, so they gave a penalty to the Blue Jackets. And then an intermission, they were like, oh, actually, that shouldn't have been a goal. So we're not going to make you serve that last 40 seconds of the of the penalty. You guys can just start <laughs> five on five. And it's like, but you allowed the goal. Like, eh, right. what are you doing? <laughs> it's and, – and that's – that's the the caliber of officiating and the standard that we're at. Like once <clears throat> once the play goes on, you have to live with that penalty. You know, I'm I'm all for you know imperfections in officiating, but to try to right a wrong but not fully right it, just you know, give them a discount penalty. That's just that's 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 a joke. And I mean, last night I think there was there was a game um, that the uh, was the Calgary game, and Lucic slew footed a guy right in front of the official, and nothing called. Just play on, boys. Like I don't know how you missed that. Yeah, it's it's it is, and and there there are things like that every night, you know. And yeah, there there are a lot of a lot of young refs in the league right now, but there's. They've got to start getting better. You you can't just keep having this, and you know, you know, yeah, they got rid of Tim Peel, but at least you know, apart from getting caught on a hot mic, um, saying you know what everybody knows happens, uh, you know, he was at least a you know a a, a professional um, who'd yeah. been around long enough, but. Uh, Whatever it's it's right now, you know the officiating is uh, is is in a very dark place in the NHL. I, I think we should just leave it at that. I think it just keeps getting darker too. I think we would have said the same thing six seven years ago, and it just keeps getting worse. <clears throat> um, so uh, let's move on to Saturday's game. Uh, Blues lose this one two to one to the Avalanche. Again, we were at Center Ice Brewery for this game, so it was the, it was nice actually getting to watch a game with Bill and Kurt uh, and Amy as well, uh, as uh, this is obviously the last year and a couple months now, that's not really been the thing. So it's been kind of cool. It was nice doing that. But um, I wanted to ask you, Billy Huso getting the start. Um, a couple weeks ago, I know I complained on this show that uh, the, the home series against the Golden Knights, I wanted to see Bennington in the back-to-back. I thought there was plenty of 
<clears throat> off days in between, and I thought Bennington's your number one. You got to go back to him. The the Golden Knights did that with Mark Andre Fleury. Um, this was a time though where I I think I was okay with Huso getting the start here. You know, you, you're you're a losers of five straight at this point. Um, you're playing a good Colorado team. Huso's been okay this season. Uh, I'm okay with it, but Bill, what are your thoughts? Would you have started Huso in this game? Uh, um, and this is this is the second game of the Colorado series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, a, Bennington played really, you know, a, apart from you know the um, what we already talked about and him, you know, giving up those two not great goals against McKinnon. Um, he had a really strong game otherwise. Um, and I, I would have been fine with them going back to Bennington. Um, Huso, you know, Huso responded. He had, uh, he had a good game. Um, but he himself gave up a, a pretty weak goal against McKinnon. I think, uh, you know, bring back one of my favorite lines that I've used all of all time. Uh, he was still backing into the net when the puck hit the back of the net. Um, McKinnon backed everybody off, including him. And as a goalie, you've got to stand your ground at some point. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I I agree with you on the McKinnon goal 100%. Uh, as far as getting the start, um, and, and, and I'll add to Bennington, you know, we kind of trashed him in the last game. He did make 18 saves in that third period, uh, which speaks to – how poorly the Blues are playing offense right now. The fact that they were down three to two and they gave up 18 shots in the third period. That's ridiculous. Um, but after that game, again, losers of five straight. You know, it wasn't like, I, I think it, even earlier in that day, uh, I think somebody asked me on Facebook, who would you start uh, tonight? And I just said, I don't care. At this point, I don't care. Whoever can win a fucking hockey game gets the start. And so Start Tom Barrasso. Yeah, let's see Tom Barrasso. Let's see Jason Bacashua. I don't give a shit. Get somebody out there who can win a damn game. So um I was okay with the with him. And, and he played great, I thought. Uh 32 shots, uh or sorry, 32 saves on 34 shots on the night. And uh and McKinnon, uh that goal was was bad. Uh and then Kale McCarr scored with uh 41 seconds left on the clock. Um I don't blame him one bit on that goal. I'm, I, Bill. I'm, I'm gonna I guess that you mm. agree. Yeah, I mean, seeing I shot from the point, um, he, it bounced what know, twice, that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, <clears throat> the Blues, you know, on top of everything else, the Blues don't seem to have had any puck luck uh, in in the last twelve games, and uh, that's certainly an example. Um, <clears throat> But just how you know gut wrenching and and heartbreaking was was you know a bidding Huso I thought gave the Blues the best chance of of any goaltending performance that we've seen in you know at at least a month and uh, to lose it that way it just <clears throat> at, at that point you know I I tweeted out um, you know that's that right there is when you know this is not the blue season yep I agree 100 percent uh oh sorry reading through some of the comments here uh looks like you guys are talking about Braden Holtby 
well, we'll add uh, Jason Miller says, uh, I'm not saying Bennington, and the, I guess this is getting into talking about the poor defensive play in front of him. I'm not saying Binner is right to do this, but I see a guy who's pissed at his teammates after he gives up a goal. As far as I'm concerned, no goalie should act that way, but we all do it sometimes. Uh, Jason, you're probably the rare exception. Uh, Jason is the ultimate nice guy in net. There's been multiple times where the puck has gone off me, and, I mean, like just a pass in front goes off my skate and goes in the net. It does happen to defensemen a lot. But it does seem that there's a weird magnet on me that attracts the puck and then pushes it directly towards the crease. Um, Jason's one of the few goalies who has never actually gotten mad at me, at least verbally. Uh, so, I don't know. Bill, um, <laughs> how many times has a puck gone off a teammate and you've just gone, what the fuck? Because I've definitely mm-hmm. had goalies do that to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've in in my lifetime I've had had uh, a, enough uh, <clears throat> times where I've gone off on somebody when when it was even inadvertent. Um, I'm definitely guilty of this, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you never you never want to give up a goal, and you never want to accept that it was your fault. <laughs> At least that was always my mentality. Oh yeah, mm. that that's a that's a goalie thing. It has to be. I mean, come on, it was a penalty shot. You guys let me down. How could you let him walk in like that? Yeah, right. Yeah, we were in a shootout. You guys shouldn't have let it get that far. You hit the the mm. crossbar in the third period. What the hell? Uh so uh, moving on, talking about the last game, uh, which is uh, one that. Um, Really set me off, and uh, Bill, I know it did you too. Kurt as well. I think Kurt had a couple uh, uh, F-bomb-laced tirades on Twitter with this game. Uh, Blues get trounced by Vegas Monday for their seventh straight loss. Uh, One bright spot, Colton Pareko made his return. He was a minus three, zero shots, 1946 of ice time. Um I thought when Barbashev came back, I thought Barbashev looked – they always look a little behind game speed, and then by third period they kind of step up and, and start looking like themselves. I don't think Colton Pareko looked good in this game at all, and that really – he just looked flat-footed. Um, he looked surprised. Now, granted, he's he's missed X amount of games since, what, February – was it February 18th, I think was his last game. Yeah. Um, he's missed a ton he's missed of games. a lot of hockey. So I get it. It's going to take some time. And you're playing one of the best teams in the NHL um, as you come back, one of the fastest teams in the NHL. So I get that it's it's not going to be a probably a good experience for him coming back. But I thought this was a – this did not look good. It does not bear well for me that Colton Pareko looked the way he did in this game. I think uh, the fear right now is that they rushed him back because they're in need for points. Um, But if that's the Colton Pareko we're getting, shut it down to me. I say shut it down, give him the offseason. You know, maybe if you miraculously make the playoffs, maybe he'll be ready for second round or something. But, again... 
I, I don't know the medical diagnosis on him. We've heard the rumors, but judging by his play in his first game back, he does not look like he's ready for the speed of the NHL. Yeah, and I I think you give him, you know, one more game. Uh, yes, Two agreed. more games, you know, before making that decision. You know, obviously it becomes difficult if the Blues are able to break the, the skid uh, tomorrow night, which at this point seems like it would take a miracle to do um, since we're, you know, facing Vegas and they'll pick a random period to put up five goals on us. Um, but... One game is too small a sample size to know if it was just rust, um, or if the the injury has uh, has had such a a big impact on him that that he's just not capable of of doing the things that uh, you know ultimately made the decision to let Petrangelo go. Um, you know, a, a rational decision. Um, it, it just. <clears throat> You, you hope, you know, obviously I think I speak for all Blues fans when I say hope it just it was just a, a game where he needed to get out there and get used to the pace again. But, you know, I, I don't know if that the I thought the first period last night was was actually really good. I thought thought they did a lot of really good things. And then the second period just, you know, the, the wheels came off and uh I think I think it was uh, Mr. Blues Hat tweeted. I thought the wheels were off after the third goal, but apparently there are more wheels to go. Um, just yeah, it, I, God, it just let me let me bitch how bad let, they were. Let me bitch about Bally Sports again. Um, so that is one of the th- problems <clears> that I had. So again, not having the Fox Sports Go app working, I was using a a workaround to watch the game, and it kept stopping in the middle of play and buffering and then picking back up live, which is anyone is anyone here has ever experienced that. That is so fucking frustrating mm. because you're, you're just like, Oh, you know, you're into the game. You're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here we go. Here we go. We got to break in. And then boop. And it's just a spinning circle, spinning circle. And then up oh, the plays going the other way. And it's like, what the hell did I just miss? And so I'm not kidding. This this one buffer was so bad. It was two to one. The uh, the Golden Knights were were coming into the zone, and then it buffered and buffered and buffered and buffered. It comes back and it's four one. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a very similar experience. Um, you know, I I was watching it on um, on the well, I had it on the computer streaming it to the TV. And I, I saw, you know, it was two to one. So I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, nothing's happening. You know, I, I can see where the goals were. So I'm just going to go ahead and go ahead and click live. And when I click live uh, from two to one, it was four to one. So <laughs> just, That was, yeah. I was like, this is a glitch, right? <clears throat> like there's no way they scored two goals. And well, for me, it would have been about 50, 55, maybe a minute. You know, and it's like, oh, and then I looked. I'm like, oh, they did. They scored two two goals, and what was it? Um, thirty two seconds apart. Yeah, yeah. So Huso back in net for this game again. Uh, talking about goaltending. Um, again, I I thought he played great on Saturday. I was fine with him getting another look in net. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Bill? 
Um, I actually have a little bit of a problem with that philosophy. Yeah. He was good. He was good against Colorado. Give him, give him the props, but he didn't win. Yeah, and that's true. The the mentality around this team is such that, you know, well, he did okay. He he did good enough to almost get us a win, but didn't get us a win. Obviously, a goalie's not going to score a goal, right? But I would have, you know, going up against Vegas, I you know, a, a rookie unproven guy. I, I think at this point, Baruby's just hoping against hope that, you know, he got confidence from that previous game and he'll be able to, you know, maybe he'll, he'll go out there and take the reins and the exact opposite happened. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so uh, Alex Petrangelo first game back to enterprise center as he missed the first two a couple weeks ago because uh, of injury. Uh, mm. He got his video tribute. Uh, which was nice, very well done, and uh, I'm sure he. I think he even commented after the game how uh, uh, great it was to to get his tribute. It's a shame it's not a packed house for the first captain to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, but there were fans in the building. It wasn't an empty arena, um, so right. I'm sure that was a, a great moment for him. What's that? I mean, it was four thousand fans in the building. Four thousand. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a good chunk. You can yeah, make your voices I mean, heard with four thousand. Yeah, it's it's you know just under twenty percent capacity. Um, yeah, or no, it's it's right at twenty percent capacity. So, not yeah. not bad, but you know I, I think we'll all agree that, uh, and I don't know, I, I think we touched on this before, but the Pronger retirement jersey retirement ceremony has been moved to next season when yes. fans will be back. Right, that we can all agree that that was the right decision. Yes, um, Petro. You know, it, it, I I think it's more about you know it, it's his first game back in the building, and that's what you do for yeah. for somebody who's gone the pandemic. Maybe maybe you push it out, but then also you know maybe he you know unless you have somebody who tells him, hey, we're going to wait till next year when we have people who can actually give you a standing ovation. Um, maybe maybe it could trigger resentment. Um, if, if that's not communicated well, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Tell the golden Knights like, Hey, don't play Petrangelo tonight. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. You, you had to have it done in his first game at enterprise center. So it, it made sense, but I wanted to ask you, Bill, if you noticed, and I put this in the notes, so I'm sure you probably went back and looked uh, a friend of the show, STL blues history, something he's harped on, on Twitter, which he's every right to do. Um, you know he's a he's a blues historian. He understands this team as well as anyone as as far as their history goes. Um, he's questioned the number of captains they have said that they've had. Well, this is a moment where I think uh, I think that that this should be brought up uh, in the video tribute. Uh, they mentioned they mentioned him as being a blues captain twice. Uh, they both both times though they said a different number. The first time was Al McKinnis, uh, when I think he I think it was like the first official moment where they like gave him a jersey that had captain on it, and uh, McKinnis was like the Blues are are proud to name you as the twenty first captain of uh of in Blues history. But then when Tom Calhoun, also a friend of the show, uh, when he came over the loudspeaker. He announced him as the 22nd captain in Blues history, and um, 
Ryan O'Reilly, I think earlier in this season, they did say he is the 23rd captain. So I think the Blues are going with they've had 23 captains. But again, if you do the research, um, there's a couple names that probably weren't captains, and there was a couple names that were captains that aren't listed as captains. Uh, Just a very interesting history with Blues captainship. So Thomas Nosek scores at uh, 625 of the first period. Uh, this was kind of a theme of the game for me. Again, Jason Miller's comment earlier rings true. You know what? I'm going to give him comment of the show for that. Let's go ahead and say that. Jason Miller, congratulations. Comment of the show about the team defense being poor. Uh, Thomas Nosek in front, untouched when he deflects in Nick Holden's point shot. Uh, and, again, Vince Dunn and and – I'm sure Kurt Price is is screaming into his uh, whatever he's listening to the show on right now. Maybe not. He probably agrees, actually. Vitz uh, Dunn just standing next to him, not doing anything to tie up his stick, to body him up, nothing. And um, that that has been – and, again, I'm not just wanting to point out Vince Dunn. Uh, it that is a bit a blues problem. It happened again later in the game on on Carrier's, Carrier's goal. Um, just untouched. You can't let guys stand in front of your goalie untouched. They have to at least have a stick in their vicinity to at least throw them off if the puck comes their way. Nothing. I mean, these guys are just having free <clears throat> reign in front of the net. And Thomas Nosek. Uh, I'm sure he walked away from that goal after making that deflection saying, well, that's the easiest fucking goal I'm ever going to score. That was just like in practice. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. I was, was going to say the, um, the Carrier goal, um, Petro set him up beautifully, uh, but coverage was awful. He awful. was, I want to say it was Shen and Scandella and, they just, you know, Shen was a little late getting down to to shut down the the lane, uh, but Scandella just opened himself up and the puck went straight through him. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Scandella. It could have been somebody yeah, else. Yeah, Sc- Scandella was, went. They just let him went through. Yeah, Scandella went down. I think to either block a shot or block a pass, and he did. Uh, but then when mm. he got back up, I think he was a little off on his positioning. But I'll add that Jordan Cairo was was behind the play, and he probably should have picked up on that and at least tried to get back and and tie up a stick. But again, Braden Shen, what are you doing? You know, I mean, this is uh, again a guy wide open in front of the net off a broken play. You just can't let that happen. Any guy in the NHL is going to bury that when that happens. Yeah. So uh, again, we talked about the the Blues uh, going down four to one uh, with thirty two two goals by the Golden Knights in thirty two seconds in the second period, which was very annoying. Um, the goal that got Huso pulled, Jonathan Marcia so uh, banks it off Huso's shoulder from behind the net for a five one lead. Um, that might have been the one of the worst goals the Blues have given up this season, in my opinion. Okay, let's put, let, let me rephrase. One of the worst goals the Blues goalies have given up this season. I mean, it is that is a great play by Jonathan Marcer Show to realize. Okay, there's a there's a little bit of a hole there. I could either 
try and pick the corner or even put it off the goalie and put it in. I mean, that is a goal scorer knowing how to get the puck to the net. But, I mean, my God, who's so, right? I mean, Bill, I'm sure you've had crazy goals like that go off you, but but that's one he's got to have. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, I've talked about it before in the Colorado series, um, in Bennington especially, but being slavish to technique – I think is what, what led to this goal is again, Huso is, is trying to hug the post, trying to do the reverse VH, but he, he's, he's not a six foot six goalie. He's not going to eat up that top portion of the net. And by forcing himself into the position he went, he was trying to get into, he exposed that and exposed the side of his head as the target to be banked. And, and March was a sniper. And he yeah. picked it, and I, I, I was glad to see him get the hook after that. So uh, he, he definitely, you know, his confidence was gone, and uh, he just, you know, he, he didn't have it, and Vegas had the best of him, and uh, he definitely de- didn't deserve to play on after that. So again, uh, Haig makes it six one for the, uh, and, and Bennington comes in. <sighs> Gives up this goal after being screened by Ryan Reeves in front. Originally, Reeves was credited with a goal, but it was later given to Haig. 6-1, that's your final. Um, note from friend of the show, Jeremy Rutherford, uh, at, right when he announces the final of the score on uh, on Twitter. Blues losing streak now at seven games. They have scored a total of eight goals in the losing streak. So eight goals in seven games. They have 16 goals in their last 11 games. And five came in one game, March 20th for San Jose. So they have 11 goals in 10 of their last 11. Uh, yeah, goal, goals. Listen, we, we've bitched about the defense here with this last game that we just mentioned, but you've got to score some fucking goals. I mean, we, we were drooling at the top six for this team without Tarasenko to open the season. Uh, now you've got a, a healthy Tarasenko who, yes, maybe isn't the same guy as he was before, but probably at least a 15 to 20 goal scorer in the NHL. And you can't score a damn goal. I mean, you, these guys are not scoring big goals. We mentioned a, a couple weeks ago on this show, you know, yes, you had injuries, but where was O'Reilly? Where was Perron? Where was Shen? Where were these guys? Now we've got these injuries back. So where's Schwartz? Where's Tarasenko? Where's Hoffman? It's just they're not getting the goals they need right now. Right. And and Schwartz is, you know, descended into one of his um, you know, his stints of can't can't buy a goal, you know, with you know, with all of Scrooge McDuck's gold. Just cannot do it. Um, you know, the it it's he it, when he gets on a heater, it's it's a great time for the Blues. And when he's not scoring, it pretends very bad things. And that's exactly what we're seeing or not seeing from Schwartz right now. And and you know that Hoffman, you know, you touched on it before. He looks great coming off his uh, his one game benching, um, but then he also since he's been back, he's you know, been Mike Hoffman and, and failed to get the puck out of the zone at crucial times. I mean, and, and he feeds the, and I, 
I'll say, I think the thing that pisses me off most about that is having to listen to Darren Pang bitch about it every fucking time. Yeah. Like just the, the, you know, you've let Darren Pang down yet again, and you must have done something bad because you're a veteran and not a rookie. So shame on you, Mike Hoffman. Maybe maybe that's what the Blues need to do. They need to, to watch Pangers break down and, and see the disgust he has when that stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So, Bill, I've got a bunch of comments here about uh, Craig Berube's post-game comments after this game. But the really the only question I want to ask for, from you, do you even care? Do you even give a shit what is said after these games? I mean, it's part of its lip service to me. Part of it is just going through the motions of having to talk to the media. And part of it's just okay, we hear what you're saying, but it's not translating to anything the next game. Uh, do you right. do, do you even pay attention to the post-game shit at, anymore at this point? No. No, at this point, either. I'm so frustrated. It, I'm, I'm just so frustrated I turn the game off uh, as, as soon as, as I can. Um, you know, it, it's – I. And last night, you know, since we jumped over to uh, to the Discord server – um, you know, I, I wasn't going to have, uh, audio on at least. Um, I was, I was a little bit, you know, intrigued about, you know, cause, cause it, it's got that feel, you know, this team's hitting a low, like when, when Mike Yo got fired, I don't think Baruby's going to lose his job this year. Um, but we're certainly hitting some depths here and, and every once in a while, you know, y- you might get a gem out of a, a postgame presser, but I think honestly everything about this team right now from from you know the the coaches on down um says going through the motions yeah we we're, we have to be here we have to do this and that's it yeah i um i will say that again the best part of saturday night for me was visiting our favorite uh st louis themed hockey bar and only hockey themed brewery Center Ice Brewery in Midtown near Pappies. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. So last night, there was a tweet from Greg Wyshynski, uh, uh well, formerly of Yahoo Puck Daddy, now with ESPN, that I wanted to bring up because uh, I found it interesting. He <laughs> tweeted last night, and obviously this is during the, the Blues 6-1 loss. He says, you know who the Blues could have used this season? Some Jake Allen type, you know? It's, is he right is my question. Um, Bill, go ahead and. I'll let you answer first. I mean, what do you think of, of his thoughts on the blues needing a Jake Allen type? Um, well, 
Wyszynski is a, you know, he's somebody I followed for a long time and, uh, you know, know at this point that he is, if nothing else, very great at calling at, at picking his spots and being a shit disturber. But I think he's, he's dead on and it, it, it's painful. Um, you know, it, it's painfully obvious in a game that whoso gives one up off his ear, um, that, that, uh, the blues need different options in net and that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing the pains of, of maybe the, uh, the range being handed over to Bennington as number one, uh, the clear number one, um, with no viable, uh, no, I don't want to say viable, no proven backup. I, I think that's, that's why it's, you know, it, it, it rings so true. Um, as, as much as when I read it, it pissed me off. Um, I'm, I think it's true. Yeah, you mentioned last week you think that if the Blues are still buyers at the deadline, which I think is questionable at this point, um, do you do they go out and get a backup goalie? So I I right. I can see why no, you quite, agree with that. Yeah, quite honestly, I, you know, two weeks ago with uh, where where the standings were and you know the wheels weren't off this team yet, <clears throat> I thought that you know one intriguing idea, even though it probably wouldn't happen because they're in the division is bringing in Jonathan quick, you know, to, to push Bennington, uh, some more, you know, quick is still in all, you know, Cal Peterson is, is becoming a, a, you know, more of the, you know, the, the long-term option there, but quick is still, you know, a, a, you know, a, a starting goalie, uh, you know, high caliber starting goalie in the NHL. I think that kind of move would have been intriguing, um, you know, as far as the, you know, the rest of the goalie market that's available. Uh, I don't think bring, you know, I, I, we talked about this, you know, uh, in the discord last night. And I think we talked a little bit about it at center ice. James Reimer is, is like the one guy that's his name's out there for as, as available um, because of, you know, how well Peter Mrazek's doing. Um, I'm just waiting for Peter Mrazek's annual injury right before the trade deadline, um, because that seems to always happen. Um, but at this point, you know, I, I think the Blues should just, they should just be sellers, um, you know, get what you can, um, for, for Hoffman don't, you know, you're not going to be looking to bring in a goalie. Yeah. I, uh, I, at this point, and, and we're going to get into, and there's a lot of chatter here in YouTube about, UFA is coming up and, and what the Blues do at the trade deadline. That is our next point we're going to talk about here. Um, but I want to add uh, with the, the Allen talk, I'm actually going to, uh, I don't want to say fully disagree, but I'm going to disagree to a certain extent. Um, yes, Jake Allen, I think, would have helped this season. Uh, Billy Huso, again, I think he's played fine as a backup. Uh, but yes, having another guy to push <clears throat> Bennington to play better would probably be uh, something that would have really helped throughout the season. But at the end of the day, I'm going to sit by the fact that it's I'm not putting this on goaltending. And I, yes, I think if you have Jake Allen, you you start looking at Jordan Bennington playing better to where maybe he's stealing a couple games, and then when he's not, maybe Jake is. But I think if you're talking about 
who the Blues miss right now. Um, and we're going to get into it here in a couple minutes. Uh, you're looking at the other departures from that Stanley Cup team. And, and again, a lot of chatter here in YouTube about a lot of the guys from that team that are gone, that were kind of your, I don't even want to say core, but kind of your big defensive players that are now gone and, and guys that are part of your identity. Um, so, yes, I think Jake Allen would help this team, especially in last night's game. But I think overall, the overarching issue isn't goaltending. I, it's 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 the defensive play, which has been mediocre at best, and the inability to score big goals, which this team did a lot the year they won the Cup. Uh, so again, the NHL trade deadline is approaching Monday, April 12th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Um, just out today, Money Puck uh is uh they they've listed the blues chances of making the playoffs at 6.5%. Uh Bill, I do not have the standings up. I don't know if you do. But uh as of this morning, they were sitting in fifth place or some sorry, I think sixth place. Sixth in the division. Sixth place. San Jose's uh above us with a game in hand and uh uh three less goals against. Yeah, I uh I'm looking at that at, yeah, at, at, you're looking at uh, your point percentage. Uh, blues are, I mean, they're at 500. They're 16, 16, yeah. and 6, um, yep. which yep. is not good enough to get you in the playoffs in any season. Um, you have to be around 550 to 600 at least to get into the playoffs <clears throat> in most divisions. And, yeah, they're in sixth. And, I mean, I'll tell you, with the upcoming schedule – they have 38 points in 38 games. Los Angeles, 34 and 37 games. I think Los Angeles could catch them. They might finish mm-hmm. seventh in this division. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if something doesn't get figured out real quick, and the, the schedule is, is a bitch for the Blues. I mean, we have Vegas tomorrow night, three straight against Minnesota, four straight against Colorado. There, there are killer. 17 games left, 17 games left. So there, there are points on the board, but when you look at that, that, um, you know, I, I don't want to use the term strength of schedule because it's not a strength for the blues. Um, but you look at the, you know, what they've got immediately in front of them, a team without confidence, this, this is going to be a bad couple of weeks. Yeah, and, I agree. And, you know, unless unless Army can pull a rabbit out of a hat and and make a trade that somehow gets this team to click, there's enough talent on this team to be successful. There just isn't the chemistry. I don't okay. know how you fix that with a trade, but maybe you do. Yeah, um, Taylor Hall talk has really been the only thing that I've seen. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week. We don't need to get too much into this, but. Um, I think at this point, unless you are just literally moving Mike Hoffman and a low draft pick, um, yeah, why not? But I'm not moving a a even a third or fourth round pick at this point to try and make the playoffs mm-hmm. this year. Why try to salvage something 
when in the playoffs you're going to have to go through Colorado and Vegas, who have given you fits this year. Not to mention Arizona has just been your just absolute Achilles heel this year. I mean, it's uh, at this point, I think they're sellers, uh, if anything. I mean, maybe they don't do anything, but I think at this point, you just you've got to be looking to sell rather than buy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think you trade Hoffman at this point. Um, you're not going to get, you, you might get a second round pick, but the season he's had, it's not been great. The contract's good. And, you know, he's got some, he's still, you know, uh, on the right side of, of, uh, you know, the, the age equation. Um, but, he certainly hasn't hasn't shown consistently enough to warrant you know much more than probably a third round pick uh, at this trade deadline at least. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the market heats up. Um, you know, most people that uh, most of the pundits that I've read don't expect a very hot market because of you know COVID and you know not not a lot of uh, you know teams uh, interested in, in transacting. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Uh, definitely have to sell. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out there since Kurt can't be here tonight to say it, but, you know, try to move Sanford, um, if you can, um, you know, he's, he's still young enough. Somebody's willing to take a flyer on him. Um, you know, maybe they, maybe you can find a hockey trade. I don't think the numbers are right, but you know, uh, DeBrusque is out of favor in Boston. Maybe Sanford going back to New England would be good. I just don't think he, you know, he would fit in well there either because their identity is is also, you know, be big, play big, and he's be big, play small. Um, I don't know. It's, but it it, it certainly th- feels like we're going to be talking more about departures um, than than who's coming in. Uh, divide by zero in the chat. Uh, a lot of comments here from him about this whole trade deadline coming up. He says, "I'm guessing it. Uh, we are contending for a lottery pick at this point." <clears throat> Unfortunately, divide by zero. Uh, I think the Blues are in that shitty position where it's well. They could go on a heater and make the playoffs, or they could lose out. And even with losing out, I don't know if they really contend for a lottery pick. They're one of those oh, meddling right. no. teams. Buffalo. Yeah. Right. Buffalo's, Buffalo's the lock. And with the, all the rules changing around the lottery, you know, you're, you're not going to get the luck that the Blackhawks had and get, get moved up to third for Kirby Dock. It's just not going to happen. Um, well, not just Buffalo. Know, it, I mean, New Jersey has had a rough year. Jersey, Ottawa, right. Detroit, Anaheim. I mean, I just don't think you <clears throat> compete with those guys when it comes to a lottery pick. Uh, no, and then he no. also adds. He also adds. Uh, we have uh, Vegas and uh, Colorado coming up. Uh, multiple games. Our schedule is tough. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't win two more games this year. Uh, that was a kind of a, a joke I made tongue in cheek last week that maybe Baruby loses his job if, if the Blues don't win a game the rest of the season. 
I'm starting to think that might be a very real possibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, which is crazy yeah. to think. He he's starting to take on that demeanor of uh, dead man walking. Um, you know, and it, it's an out of context picture. Um, but I think it was Tom Timmerman who posted a picture today at practice, you know, that there was, you know, all the, all the beat writers were tweeting about how they didn't run lines. They just went into battle drills in, in practice. And the picture that I think it was Timmerman posted, um, was Bruby sitting back behind everybody watching what was going on. And I don't know, uh, it, it felt like the, uh, what he was trying to portray was, you know, either, um, you know, guy who's just doesn't, doesn't know, doesn't have the answers, um, or, you know, is trying the only way that he knows how, and that's to make them fight it out. And I, I just don't think the team has enough, uh, enough, uh, intestinal fortitude, uh, to be a Ruby style team at this point. I think I think I think you don't make the change now um, with him, um, you know, this season. Uh, but you have to look at what's available and what kind of players can you bring in to make his his team successful. I mean, it's difficult. You know, we're we're not going to be able to replicate. We lost, you know, two two important key players. Um, you know, to, to long-term injury in uh, J-Bo and Steen. And then of course, Petro um, leaving because they couldn't get the, the deal worked out. Um, you know, it, you're not going to replace those guys in a season. And uh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's go over that pill. So uh, talking about the team's identity, that was something you brought up on Twitter last night that I thought was interesting. Who is this team? Uh, departures since the Stanley Cup. Jake Allen, Jay Bomeister, Joel Edmondson, Robbie Fabry, Pat Maroon, Alex Petrangelo, and Alexander Steen. And let's go ahead and basically add Carl Gunnarsson to that list as well, who's been lost to the season, uh-huh. or lost this season to injury. Uh, arrivals since the Stanley Cup has <clears throat> been Kyle Clifford, Jacob Delarose, Justin Falk, Mike Hoffman, Vili Husso, uh, Tori Crew, Jordan Cairo, Nico Mikola, and Marco Scandella. Obviously, some of those guys were around the team with the cup, but some of these guys have become like uh, like a Jordan Cairo, have become a uh, fixture in the lineup since the Stanley Cup. Um, so that is uh, that's a long list. We've talked about some of these guys tonight already. Um, the the thing that I think back to when the Blues won the cup was Pat Maroon after the game saying something about. Whatever he said, was it fast hockey? Who cares about fast hockey? Big hockey's back. Whatever he said in the post game uh, to to somebody on the ice. Um, I don't feel this team has continued that identity. And I think under Craig Berube, that's the identity that he wants with his team, which is great. Um, obviously, it worked for the Blues in a season. You know, we we talked about last year even, how in a seven-game series, nobody beats this team. Well, and I know that this was a, a, a regular season series, but they played the, the Coyotes in seven games, basically lost that series. Now we're looking at them playing Colorado back-to-back, Van, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Vegas back-to-back, 
and they're just getting pummeled and uh are they're not that team anymore so who is this team uh does the coaching need to change is it a personnel issue do you retool on the fly do you completely rebuild that's the question surrounding this team right now yeah i i mean i i said it in the chat i don't think this is this is uh, an organization that that needs to completely uh, tear it down and build it back up. You've got good pieces, um, and Army's shown that he can fix things, um, it, making the right, you know, making decent moves. Um, you know, the the last years have been a bit of an aberration. Um, with, uh, with COVID and, and, you know, just not, not, uh, you know, players, players realizing that, you know, right now is not the time to go after all the money. Um, so things last season, you can't say was a normal off season. Um, but it's not, you know, you don't you don't have the feeling with this team that they have the speed to compete. They've got a couple of guys who are, are fast. Kairu. Kairu's fast, right? <clears throat> um, but they're not going to keep up with the, the Colorado avalanche, but they also don't have the physicality to beat teams into submission like they did in 2019. I mean, that's just the fact of the matter. Um, you know, you, you, you can't wear teams down and you know, the, 2019 we didn't have we didn't have a problem with getting beaten down the boards all the time and now all you have to do is speed to the outside and you're in our zone it it just it, it's there are there are personnel things that need to happen um but i don't know it it could be could be a, a you know that a coaching change is needed. Maybe maybe this this philosophy doesn't work with the players that the organization has at this time, and you got to bring somebody in who can figure out how to get the most out of these guys. Um, you know, we talked about it last week a lot. You know, is Berube using players the right way? Right. You know, putting Hoffman on the third line, he's not going to thrive. You know, is is that just? You know, him him saying, you know, hey, I'm a Stanley Cup champion coach. I think I know a thing or two. Um, and you're going to play how I want you to play. Players, especially a Mike Hoffman type who's here on a one-year deal, he's not going to change his game and risk, you know, injury if he's not comfortable playing a physical game. I yeah. Mean, I, I agree. And and um, that's yeah, that's kind of my issue. Is I look at the makeup of that team in 2019, and it just had so many different elements. It was a team that was could be quick, you know, come out and and score a quick strike goal. It was a team that's going to pound you into submission, and and you know, create a bunch of board battles in the offensive zone to wear down the other team's defenses. We're not seeing that, and it actually reminds me more of the 2018-2019 team, if you remember, that team was, quote-unquote, built on speed. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was the team that didn't make the playoffs. They they had a hot start, but then just faltered, could not continue keeping up any kind of speed with the rest of the NHL. 
And that's what I see in this team that, yes, they've got some guys who can grind it out like a Sammy Blay or a, um, a Kyle Clifford, but not enough to, to, to make a difference like that team in 2019 did. And then you've got guys that can jump up with speed, like a, a Braden Shen, a Jordan Cairo, a Jaden Schwartz. But again, not enough. Your whole team isn't built on that. There needs to be, right. and, and I'm with you. I don't think a complete rebuild is necessary. I mean, you've just locked up Braden Shen. You just locked up Jordan Bennington. Um, this team still has pieces that can win a Stanley Cup. Ryan O'Reilly's still around for a little while. I think a little bit of a retooling is exactly what this team needs. I could, if you can find a way, as much as it would pain me to see, if you could find a way to move a Tarasenko, you do it. You you, you get anything you can that can still compete in the NHL. Jaden Schwartz is a guy that I've probably harped on more than I should. But if you can move Schwartz at the deadline since he's a free agent, you got to do it. You, and, and other names that come up, Mike Hoffman, obviously. And then I think the defense needs a complete shakeup. I mean, I'd be fine as, as great as Justin Falks played. I'd be fine with them making a move if, if it improves the team, as Kurt always says. If the team is better now in the future, trade anyone. I don't care who it is. And Justin Falk is a guy who's played great. But he's undersized. He's not going to battle guys in front of the net. And I know the NHL is much different than the NHL you and I grew up with. But it's it's just there are I think there's too many undersized guys playing defense. I'd like to see a retool there. I think if because, again, Jay Bomeister was a guy who was not known for physical play, but he had a long reach and when he got on his game towards the end of his time here, he was great in defensive coverage because he was so big. And right. covered, you don't have that right space. now. Right. He was a consummate shutdown defenseman. And and that was kind of the exciting thing at the end of last year before the shutdown that, you know, Armstrong was able to, to pluck uh, Scandella. And it was like, you know, he and Perico had instant – you know, chemistry. Um, and that just that after the lockdown and, you know, them moving into the bubble, that just didn't come back. And, you know, I, I, I like Scandella um, for what he brought early on, but I, I think he's a guy, you, you know, if you can move on from you do, I, I, I think you need to bring in, some some more core pieces I, I you know i think you know you're 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 basically at this point you know <clears throat> you're you're married to tory krug with the contract we give him uh, we're probably married to justin falk i don't know maybe you can convince seattle to take him in the draft but we don't we don't have a lot to give to you know to entice them to uh to take him um you know in terms of those those sweetener deals that that you know would need to happen um, well, and, I, and, and but, I'm going to interject real quick, Bill. I, I just, uh, I also think that because of the success of Vegas with getting those kinds of deals from teams, I don't know if you're going to see those types of deals as much with Seattle. I think teams got wise to, oh shit, we had the sweetener deal. Like Shea Theodore was a sweetener deal and 
he's turned out to be fucking phenomenal for Vegas. So I think, I don't think you're going to see as many of those types of deals going down this off season. Yeah, you, you, you'll see a few, but probably not. I think you're right. Probably not to the same, uh, in the same levels as, as happened with Vegas. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, losing, losing those, you know, a, a pairing that for several years was your top pairing in an off season, um, as great as the start of Justin Falk had, and he was key to the Blues early season success this year, you know, we got to give him his due for it. He hasn't been able to replicate it. And, you know, whether it's other teams becoming wise to, you know, all you need to do is, you know, shut him down and, and not let him pinch when he's going to do it. Um, he hasn't been as effective. Um, it, whatever, whatever's happening with him is, is not, not, you know, he, he's been good. Um, but he, he hasn't been a difference maker. Um, like like we've had in the blue line here in the past. So I think the blue line is a big area that you need to shake up. I think, you know, that you know, <clears throat> there there probably is a need to explore goaltending depth. And I think you got to do that through trade. The free agency market's not going to be great. <clears throat> um, I don't know. It, it, but, but the defense yeah, is just, it, it is definitely a point of concern. It, but the... I, you know, I, I've said a lot here, but the one thing I don't want to happen is for Army to say, well, this year's another aberration. The last two years are aberration because of, you know, the, the bubble. Yeah, we had to make some transactions because of contracts expiring with Petro um, and and people having to retire uh, with Steen and Bo, J-Bo. <clears throat> Maybe you didn't you know, have the opportunity to make the best decision possible. I, I thought Krug was, was a, a very reasonable replacement between Krug and, and Falk reasonable replacement for Petrangelo. It just hasn't worked out so far. Um, but I don't want him to say, you know, well, I don't want to blow things up until I know whether or not Pareko's still going to be good. You know, right. we, we have to wait and see another year, but, but I kind of feel like that's what we're going to look at. Yeah. Um, so trade deadline is Monday. Um, this will probably be our last show before then, unless we decide to do something crazy, maybe like a trade deadline special. We'll see. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, probably uh, get them to happen on Discord if anything. <clears throat> yeah, probably a Discord chat would be fun. But anyway, um, Bill, any uh, and I'm, I'll go first. Give you a little time to think it out. Um, I'm going to uh, do a little prediction for the mm-hmm. trade deadline. I think, again, trade deadline of recent years has not been what we've expected. Um, and I think it's going to be more of that this year. I think people who are wanting the Blues to just every UFA, get rid of them, every potential trade you have, do it. I don't think we're going to see a lot of movement this year just because of the way things are with COVID and especially Canadian teams and and, and U.S. teams. I don't think we're going to see a lot of moves between those two. So that, that, that takes out seven teams for the blues to possibly trade with. Um, I'm going to say I could see a Hoffman moved, maybe a Schwartz. I don't see Bozak moved, uh, Dunn being an RFA. I don't see him moved. 
Um, like I said, I think the only thing you'll really see is maybe a Mike Hoffman trade. But other than that, uh, that's all I see. So, Bill, what about you? Any any predictions for the trade deadline? <clears throat> I I think Hoffman and Bozak are the two likely guys going. Um, you know, I I'd rather not see Bozak go. Um, but I I think that teams looking for center depth um, would have uh, you know would would be uh, well served to to bring him on board. Um, but but Hoffman, I think at this point, you know he it, it hasn't worked out. You know he's not going to sign here long term. Get what you can for him. I don't think it's going to be that much. Um, you know, and you, you need to bring in picks or prospects. Um, maybe you can pry a, a prospect who's, you know, grown out of favor in another uh, organization. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think with where the Blues are right now, the, the whole I- idea of, you know, Canada being off limits to trade partners might, I, I think it's a little more far-fetched because, you know, you don't have to have somebody, if you're not expecting to make the playoffs, you don't care if somebody's going to miss seven days because of quarantine. You know, um, the Canadian government cut it, cut it from 14 to seven, I think. And, um, you know, to talk about my other favorite team for a second, uh, how about Eric Stahl? Yeah. Stepping in is a overtime goal. In his yeah. in his debut for the Habs, it's such a clutch thing, you know. And and the Habs were on his no trade list, but he waved it to get the hell out of Buffalo. Yeah, I love I, it. At this at this point, I think I would have been like, like, yeah, you one... can trade me to trade me to Timbuktu. I don't give a shit. Give me right. out of Buffalo. <laughs> trade me to the Charlestown Chiefs. Trade yes. me right fucking now. <laughs> uh, a couple comments in the YouTube <clears throat> chat. Divide by zero says. Good chance Dunn is gone, in my humble opinion. Uh, Divide by Zero also adds, Kraken will take, he's talking about Dunn, Kraken will take Dunn if we don't protect him. Um, Again, only thing I see with that is he's an RFA, and they would need assurance that they could sign him. So there's potential there they wouldn't take him. Uh, Derek in the YouTube chat also adds, I think Hoffman and Dunn will both go. So we'll see. I mean, if you can... If you can turn a Hoffman and Dunn around and get a decent pick or prospect or even current NHL player, I think the Blues are all over it. I think those two guys have fallen out of favor with coaching staff. So I think that if there is potential that happens, I think that that the Blues will jump all over that. So, Bill, uh, real quick, let's do some rapid-fire hockey tidbits. Uh, you mentioned Eric Stahl plays in his first game in Montreal for being traded from Buffalo, scores the OT winner, so good for them. Uh, Vancouver up in uh, up in Canada in the North Division, uh, provided by oh, we said it last week, Scotia, Scotia, that's right. Uh, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver ambushed by COVID 19, 17 COVID. Van COVID. Yes. Bill. Has, did you take that from anyone? No, no. That's genius. It's simple. That is genius. Van COVID. That's their name right now. <clears throat> 17 players and three coaches affected by the outbreak. 
March 31st was their first postponed game. They are now targeting Thursday, April 8th for their return. We'll see. As of this morning, they still had 17 players on the COVID protocol list. So I, I will be interested to see if Thursday is a correct time they'll resume. I, I think we'll see them start playing over the weekend. Uh, Avalanche. Yeah, I don't know. That's 17 oh, players. Yeah. 17 players. No, I, I can't, I can't see them overcoming that. I, I think, I, I think it's, it's going to be a while. Yeah. I could see it at least the weekend, if not next week. I, uh, because, yeah, I saw the 17 players and three coaches, and I thought, okay, this has got to be an older article if they're planning on playing Thursday. But, no, they literally added one player this morning. And so I'm like, right. there's no way they play Thursday. <laughs> <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, Avalanche have a point streak going, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, points in 15 straight after beating the Wild Monday night. They are now 13-0-2. And as I mentioned, the Blues still have a fair amount of games going against the Avalanche. So um, any hopes of catching the Avalanche or Golden Knights, even without the Blues' awful schedule heading up, I think are diminished. I don't think you'll see anybody catching the Avalanche at this point. They are rolling. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that they are, you know, that they're definitely <clears> – <throat> Definitely, um, in our neck of the woods, standings wise, there is no prayer, zero, in, unless you know the entire team came down with COVID and had to forfeit a bunch of games. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we've got a um, got a couple comments I want to get to as we're closing up the show here, folks. Uh, we've got Derek adding in the YouTube chat. I almost think we don't care who we protect anymore. It's not like most of them are playing up to their contracts, uh, minus the entry-level ones. Austin Lynch says, I was so happy when we signed Hoffman, but he's just not what the Blues expected. Eh, I don't want to get a lot into this. Uh, but again, that is one thing that I do actually fault Craig Berube on. I think even with the injuries, I don't think Hoffman was given a fair shake as a top three to top six forward. Um I would have liked to seen him, and I think I mentioned it last week. If they could have given him seven, eight, nine games, because I think originally I would have said maybe 15 games in a normal season, but you give him seven or eight games on the top line with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, I think maybe you see some production there. But he was just never given that chance. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just the way I see it. Uh, divide by zero adds to Austin Lynch's comment kind of reminds me of Ryan Miller. So talking about expectations, I guess. Um, and, uh, the abs are looking like 2019 lightning right now. Um, oh yeah. The, uh, the regular season lightning had that year was ridiculous. So yeah, that's, yeah, it's a good comparison. Probably they're flying. <clears throat> so will, uh, Phoenix or I'm sorry, Arizona, or San Jose be the Columbus in that uh, scenario. Ooh, that would be interesting. Man, could you imagine San Jose stepping in and beating the Avalanche from the first round? That that would be epic. 
<clears throat> and I, I do want to, I, I do want to bring something that I, I, uh, I tested out in the, uh, the, the Discord last night, even though there were only two other people there. <clears throat> um, for the trade deadline, uh, two trades that I want to see happen because at this point I'm done with everything and I want to see the world burn. <laughs> I, I want to see the Blues move Mike Hoffman to San Jose. Just for the reunion. Oh, uh, I was Carlson. thinking that. I was thinking that earlier. How awesome would that be? <laughs> that 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 would be epic. And now I'm I'm drawing a blank. I I'm, I'm gonna have to think about this vamp for a second. What was the other trade that I wanted? Um, to see well, and I think I mentioned it last week. Uh, Clem Costin for Cal Foot was a trade I made in NHL 21. So I'm all for the Blues doing that. That's a good defensive defenseman right there. <laughs> <laughs> that. Did I not that, vamp enough? And, and that, no, no, you didn't. I, I think, I think at this point, it's just my my mind has has purged. It's twenty four hours later, and it, it's yeah. Remember I'm it for next week. And, yeah, I'll I'll bring it back. Teaser for next week's show. Teaser. There you I'll, go. I'll right have there. It. And hopefully, I'll be celebrating that it actually happened. Yeah. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, well, as I said, we're going to wrap up the show here, folks. Uh, again, I want to mention that I will be on, I don't know about Bill, but I will be on Discord after the show. I'm going to use the bathroom first, but uh, I will be on Discord after the show. That's, uh, what is it? Let's go blues.com slash Discord. If you're interested in joining, we're just going to go on there and chat for a little bit. Bill, you, uh, you done for the night? I think you'll be joining us. Yeah, I'm probably done for the night because, okay. you know, like I said, I've, I've got to deal with the dogs with the no fence situation, and that's going to take some time. So <clears throat> it's a school night. It's a late night. <laughs> I'm probably just going to take care of that and go to bed. Sounds good. I'll, I'll be on there. So, again, let's go blues.com slash discord. Find us over there. And, um, and yeah, I will be on there tonight in uh, just a little bit after the show ends here. But support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming products get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code lgb there's gold at the end of the rainbow with manscaped and by id life the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your dna visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information that's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. Again, that number is 636-393-8745. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic Athena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. That will do it for Episode 30 of Season 9 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. It's been a blast as always, everyone, and I hope we have some positive news to talk about 
uh, to close out the season here. We'll see. For Billy Blue Note and C Price 12, I'm Jay Potter 94. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. And let's hope I get my voice back for next week. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend. They never give a single goal away. And the Blue Day, they are champions every day. Cause when it's said and done, they'll have them on the run. These old St. Louis Blues are here to stay. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. No, Kurt! I told you not to touch anything.